This is the Book Marketing Action Podcast, and I'm Becky Robinson. Since 2012, my team and I have partnered with more than 100 authors to launch more than 130 business books. On this podcast, I'll share the best insights and actionable ideas from our work so that you can implement sustainable activities to reach your goals for your book. Whether you're a seasoned author looking to breathe new life into your book or someone who dreams of writing a book someday, this podcast will help you be more successful in getting results as an author. Hey everyone, this is Becky Robinson. Welcome to another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. Today's conversation is with Justin Miller. Justin is the co-founder and CEO of Care for AIDS. Care for AIDS is a faith-based nonprofit organization that provides holistic care to families affected by HIV AIDS in East Africa. And I really appreciated the opportunity to talk to Justin about the way writing his book, Beyond Blood, helped him to share the story of his nonprofit organization. I recorded this episode as part of my research for my book, Reach, Creating the Biggest Possible Audience for Your Message, Book, or Cause. And Justin's insights are very helpful. I hope you enjoy them. Hey, Justin, let's jump in. I would love to hear about your journey in founding and growing your nonprofit, Care for AIDS. Thanks, Becky. Well, my journey really starts before I even really encountered the issue of HIV and AIDS. It really starts for me growing up with a younger brother, David, and the two of us growing up together. And he has some special needs and some disabilities that were really challenging growing up as a family. And being around David and seeing that there was almost a stigma that surrounded people with different abilities and the things that he had to go through to get the kind of care that he needed and the support that he needed. And I was, we were thankful to be in a family that we had the means and the access to the kind of support that David needed. But in a lot of environments, David wasn't always seen or he wasn't always accepted. And I think that was really the beginning of my journey to begin to see and understand the needs of certain groups of people who were marginalized. And it was in the year 2006 that I actually was first confronted with the issue of the AIDS pandemic and this disease that was affecting 40 million people around the world. And I was introduced to this at a conference that was primarily around church with church leaders. And these church leaders were challenged and asked to come to the table and engage in what would, was many considered to be the greatest humanitarian crisis of our generation. And the church, because of their own stigma, was not really engaging in this work. And so at 18 years old, I got on a plane to go to Kenya for the first time where I got to see firsthand how HIV and AIDS was just affecting these families and these communities in such a painful way. And the church was perfectly positioned to come and support these families that were thinking that. Um, and so because of that first experience in Kenya in 2007, I ended up teaming up with these two Kenyan leaders, Cornell and Duncan. And we started this organization together in 2008 called Care for AIDS. And our model was simply to use this massive network of local churches that was throughout the region and use the church as the delivery system for care that would target the most vulnerable people in the community living with HIV and AIDS. And that care would be very holistic in nature. It wouldn't just address the medical needs or the emotional needs or the spiritual needs, but it would integrate all of these different aspects of care. And our hope and prayer was that it would restore people back to full health, connection in the community, economic productivity, 
and provide them with hope. And that was the model that we imagined about 13 years ago. And we were able to implement that initially in 2008. And over the last 13 years, we've been scaling that now to 75 different communities around East Africa. Wow, uh, Justin, that is incredible. So why don't you share with us, if you don't mind, a few of the highlights, some of the exciting accomplishments or insights or impacts of Care for AIDS over the past 13 years? Well, one of the things that exciting for us is uh, I mean, just the scale of this impact and not just on the lives that we've touched because we've impacted about 25,000 clients who've come through the doors of our program and they represent about 75,000 kids. And that was always part of our desire for the program is that these parents living with HIV would have the opportunity to live for 20 or 30 more years to see their kids grow up and to help educate their kids. And so just to see the impact on that scale is really phenomenal. And because of the program in these 75 local churches, we really have started to see a reduction in stigma in the communities where we work. And while it's hard for us to measure exactly, in many ways, we've introduced, we've helped more than 20,000 people go back to work. And that is contributing to the overall uh, well-being of these communities as people are producing and contributing to the local economies there. And then on our, there's also been a huge spiritual transformation as people are looking for answers in their own faith journeys as well. And so those are some of the uh, things that programmatically we're very encouraged by. And we're also just encouraged by the fact that we've had thousands of individuals from the U.S. who've allowed this work to happen and supported it. And we've raised over $25 million here to help fund this work and advance this work overseas. And so it's the, the program beneficiary, that is our primary objective, is helping see these lives and these families transformed. But we're also excited to see that globally, we're seeing people come and, and want to participate in trying to help bring an end to this pandemic that's been around for 40 years. So Justin, I met you, I don't know, close to 10 years ago now. Um, and you were pretty early on your journey in terms of growing care for AIDS. And I'm curious, over the past 10 to 13 years, what do you think has helped you as it relates to getting more attention and contribution and resources to fuel this work? For us, it honestly has been, I, I think of it a lot like the flywheel principle for us. It has been a very focused and consistent message for the past 13 years. I wouldn't say that there's been a moment in time where we've had a breakthrough moment where we've had national attention on what CareFrains is doing, although that would be nice. <laughs> we have really been just faithfully telling the story of Care for AIDS through multiple channels, but talking about the state of the AIDS pandemic, which a lot of people don't know about, and then talking about our vision to see people be empowered to live a life beyond AIDS. And then you know we've more or less had a very similar program model that we've been implementing as well over the past 13 years. And so for us... Our network of supporters is is very devoted and very generous in their support, but it's not particularly large. And so for us, I think that's been one of the strategic choices that we've made is that it's been harder for us to gain attention from the masses around Care for AIDS, although that's not out of the question for the future. But we have identified the folks that we think will really resonate with our mission and our model, and we have communicated to them consistently over the last decade so that they understand and that they can be equipped to share our message with other people that are in their spheres of influence. But we have really won, I think, 
because of consistency and focus in our message over time. That's really helpful, Justin. Thank you. So you said that you haven't really noticed any breakthroughs or tipping points. It's been this kind of consistent journey over time and mobilizing the people that you know are invested in your message. Can you think of any stories that demonstrate that principle? I'm trying to think about where those examples really... I mean, the way that really plays out in in our story is there are these countless examples of relationships that I'm now probably seven or eight degrees removed from the person who initially heard I believed in and, and wanted to share the CareFrame story. And they introduced me to a friend who introduced me to their pastor, who introduced me to one of their ministry partners in East Africa, and just see this amazing chain of relationships that have been birthed out of somebody catching the vision of CareFrames and wanting to be an ambassador for our work and starting off this ripple effect of basically just word of mouth marketing about care for AIDS and the, the power of our, our mission and our model. And so that's what I don't have a specific name in mind, but that is really kind of the story of care for AIDS growth. And that's why I think for us, it's really important that not only we can we really care for and, and steward our relationships with our partners well, but we really try to help them know how to tell our story well and be a great ambassador for us because we're really counting on them to take the mission of Care for AIDS out into new new circles of influence. That's amazing. So I'm curious, Justin, have you faced any setbacks along the way? Yes, we have. We have faced a number of setbacks at all stages of the journey. I mean, we've started up phase back in the 2008-2009 era. We were trying to partner specifically churches in the US with churches in East Africa. We wanted to bridge that connection, but we were in the middle of a global financial crisis and our model was unproven and us as young leaders were really unproven. And so it was really hard. I mean, that was probably the time that we thought, maybe we've missed it here. Maybe we're not on the right track because no one seems to be connecting with what we're doing and we're not seeing the partnerships we want. But thankfully, we just hadn't found the right audience, the right people that resonated with our message. And so we were able to shift and we started to see some traction coming out of that season. We have been fighting really just the general attitude in our society towards HIV and AIDS, maybe reached its peak level of interest in the maybe around 2005, 2006, around some of the work that President Bush was doing in his PEPFAR initiative. But really since then, the interest in and the commitment to the work of, of caring for people living with HIV and AIDS has really begun to decline. And so we are really trying to remind people and bring attention back to this issue that is really, societally, is really on the decline in terms of people's interest and commitment to. So that has been an uphill battle uh, at every step of the way. And as you can imagine, I mean, we have a team of 220 full-time staff in East Africa. We have a team of seven full-time staff in the US. And a lot of our setbacks, I, I believe, have just been growing the people side of our organization and missing it on not having the right person in the right seat and dealing with the implications of that. But but thankfully, uh, organizationally, we've we've had some years that we've grown a lot and some a little. But for the most part, we've been kind of in a steady increase in growth over the past 13 years. And so nothing that I would say was so devastating that we couldn't come back from, but we've had a number of challenges over the years. 
So just a couple of years ago, Justin, you, along with your co-founders, wrote a book called Beyond Blood. Can you talk to me a little bit about the impact that the book has had on you sharing the message of Care for AIDS in a wider way? Yeah, that was a tremendous experience. And I love that I got to share it with my two co-founders because it really wasn't just my story to tell. I mean, these guys were really the heart and soul behind this vision 13 years ago. So really, really a cool experience to, to kind of capture in each of our unique voices, our life in terms of our upbringing, our childhood, the things that shaped us as it related to the, all these experiences that ultimately led us to meet in 2007 and start this organization. So it was an amazing experience. I think we did the best we could to kind of to get some reach and, and bring this book into some new audiences. And frankly, I don't think we got as much as we were hoping for. As you know, it's very you're in your business because it's hard to sell books sometimes. But that being said, the book really, I think, galvanized a lot of support around our community. And it, I mean, it really did. It gave a lot of our supporters who were buying books by the case an opportunity to share the message of Care Phrase in a way that was engaging and really brought the story to life in a way that people uh, hadn't experienced Care Phrase before. And there was a human element to our story that really resonated with people, whether you were reading it in the US and you were kind of looking at the world through my lens, which was someone who grew up with a lot of privilege and a lot of opportunity and thinking about how am I supposed to steward that to impact other people's lives or reading about what it was like in East Africa growing up in rural poverty and trying to escape from that, only then to realize that God was calling you to go back and serve those living in extreme poverty. It's just so I think the story really Help see, help people see care phrase in a new light and gave our supporters an easy way to invite others into that story by sharing the book. And then for us internally, it has preserved the history and the story of care phrase in a way that will allow us and all of our team to forever go back and be reminded of why care phrase exists and the amazing way that God brought a ton of different pieces together to make this possible. I hope it's not our last book, but it was. Really glad that was the first one we wrote. And even though we've had it out about uh, going on two years now, but I think it's going to be a timeless piece for us as Care Phrase continues to grow. Just one more question about that, Justin. So you said it's been about two years since the book came out. In what way are you continuing to incorporate the book in your outreach about Care for AIDS? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, one, I mean, obviously the book is, it goes with me to almost every meeting that I have in terms of when I'm making a new connection with somebody that's not familiar with care phrase, I want to, one of the first things I do is I want to put the book in their hand. Out of the book though, there are some themes that we're really passionate about. And one of them I would say is, is really talking about this idea of redemptive relationships and what does it mean to be in a relationship with people who are, who, who look, who think, who believe differently than you do. And how does that help us grow? And how does that change us? And so my co-founders are, are obviously Kenyan, I'm not, but they're also from very opposing tribes in Kenya and their relationship at times is even considered a little bit taboo. And so for us, I think that message is something that we're trying to, we want people to understand whether or not they want to support care phrase or not. So I think part of our outreach right now is just trying to make ourselves available to speak in certain spaces and certain environments where we can uh, really challenge people with that message. And if out of that people want to buy books or they want to support care phrase, that's great. But I think generally, we just want to see that message be advanced in the world. 
That's a really powerful message. So Justin, I'm curious, is there anything I should have asked you about the reach of Care for AIDS that I didn't ask or anything that you think is important to call out that you haven't had a chance to say yet? I think that pretty much sums up what we're about. But I mean, I mean, I think when it comes to reach, we wouldn't be your poster child for kind of having reached millions and millions of people. But we appreciate about our model is that we just feel like there's a depth to how we think about our relationships with our donors, our partners, even our clients in East Africa. So for us, as we try to build reach here in the US around care trades, for us, a lot of that is just one, being excellent stewards of the relationships that we have and really doing our work to the highest level of excellence that we can and allowing that to be the thing that propels care freights into new places, into new conversations. And I've, in my experience with our work in particular, I've tried to, at seasons of my life, reverse that where it's really more about just trying to see how can I push care freights into places that I would like it to be represented. And, and sometimes that has not always been as successful for us. So this kind of really organic reach that has been developed over time by being consistent and being excellent in our work has really been the key to our success. Thank you so much for investing this time with me, Justin. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Becky. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode with Justin Miller. And I hope that his insights based on his work in using his book to promote his work at Care for AIDS has been helpful to you. As always, we want to try to give you some action items that you can take based on our episode so that you can immediately implement them in marketing your book. So one of the things that Justin said is that his book is going to be a long-term asset in sharing the story of his nonprofit Care for AIDS. And if you're listening today and your book's been out for a while, but it tells an important story... I want you to consider ways that you might continue to keep your book in the conversation, whether that might be gifting it to people who would be interested in the work that you're doing or bringing your book everywhere you go the way that Justin does. The second action item that I have for you today is for you to think about whether there's a new book you may need to write to help share your work in the world. And I'm curious whether hearing Justin's journey and the way the book has influenced the growth of people knowing about his nonprofit, whether there's a story that's tugging on your heart that you want to write next. And so I hope as a result of listening to today's episode, you might consider what that next book is that you might want to write. So thanks again for listening. I'm Becky Robinson. If I can be of any help to you on your journey as an author and in marketing your book, I hope you'll get in touch with me and definitely check out the show notes to find out how to learn more about Justin Miller and Care for AIDS. Thanks so much for investing some time with us today. If you're looking for additional support on your book marketing journey, join us for the Reach More Readers Workshop, a virtual interactive event designed to give you an overview of digital book marketing strategies and tactics to help you reach the biggest possible audience. Find out more at weavinginfluence.com slash reach workshop.